Hello, everybody, and welcome to a bonus episode of Hangouts and Headlines here in Virtual Legality. I didn't even bother to do an intro with just me on screen. We're starting with everybody. If you don't know, to my right in video land, always to my left when I'm trying to get my camera movements correctly, uh, is the man, the myth, the legend, Travis, who I always want to add an R to his last name, but Ty Guy Travis to you and I, the writer of some of the biggest, most important articles that we're likely to look at in this space. Sure, we've covered Elon Musk this morning. We covered Uber lawsuits. We've covered Johnny Depp and Amber Heard until we're sick of it. But we haven't covered a JRPG review from IGN before. Travis, how are you doing, buddy? And welcome to Virtual Legality for the first time officially. Yes, I'm happy to be here. Longtime listener, for sure. Uh, and uh, yeah, the, I'm, I'm just excited to talk about this JRPG that I spent uh, 50 hours a week for three weeks playing. So it's a good time. 50 hours a week. So if folks didn't catch you on the BitCast, we're talking about Xenoblade. We'll get some of the IGN here up. They got videos at the top of this thing. So nice. don't get too distracted by it. Uh, but if folks didn't follow the BitCast, like when, when do companies usually get you a review copy of a game this big? When did this company get it to you? And was it enough time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that that varies greatly. Um, my next review uh, is for a game that comes out in three days, and I still don't have the code. So, hmm. um, yeah, that but that usually is a pretty big warning sign that maybe it's not going to be a great game. So it's not uh, landing the plane. I, yeah, it's not it's not a uh, not looking good. Um, but uh, this game actually got hats off to him. I got the code in early or sorry late June. Uh, nice. So I had almost an entire month. And so I spent three of that playing the game and then the final week writing the review and creating the video and making sure I wasn't accidentally putting spoilers in my video and, and all that stuff that comes with it. So And that's uh, much appreciated, right? You're talking about games in the Xenoblade saga. Well, we should start out first, right? So this is you could see there's a giant three in this, yes. folks. And not everybody that watches this channel is probably super familiar with the decades long sequence of Xeno games. I'm, I'm just gonna throw that out there that they might not yes. they might not know all these Xeno games. So Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is what we call a JRPG or Japanese role-playing game. It's a Switch exclusive, I believe, right? It is, um, it is owned by Nintendo. The it is owned own. specifically by Nintendo, made by mm -hmm. one of their subsidiary companies. Uh, and uh, it's like all JRPGs, really, the good ones. It's a big sprawling epic. You can see some of that here on your video screen but at least in your review a little bit like final fantasy as a series it didn't sound like you needed to come to this particular game with knowledge of one and two or god forbid saga and gears right not at all in fact uh i would say this game is almost more palatable to somebody who's never played xenoblade before because okay. there are a lot of things to kind of keep track of and remember and even though i've played the original Xenoblade Chronicles multiple times and got through two once. I, I found myself going, oh yeah, wasn't that, and couldn't that, and you know, having all these kind of like moments where I was like having to stop and think and be like, <laughs> oh right, because that thing happened in the other game. But if you haven't played it, none of that will matter to you and it does not impact the story really at all. It, it like is a standalone, it's a fantastic game. So um, yeah, I, I would recommend if you have not played the old ones, first of all, I think you're gonna have a hard time playing them because uh, Xenoblade 1 has some quality of life stuff. Like I, I tried to get my friends to play 1 and 2 uh, because they knew I was reviewing 3 and they were like, I'm just going to wait for 3. You know, it, it, it can. There, there's some old game design, especially where side quests are concerned. 
uh, that can be a little bit uh, tough to get through. So that happens um, with series, and and, and it sometimes does. a bummer, especially if they build on the stories of each other, because you're like, all right, I have to go through these terrible bits of design in order to make sure I understand who these characters are when they come up 140 hours later. Um, But no, I really like that bit of your review. And this was mirrored in other people's reviews. We don't have to give Travis full credit for the only person that ever played this game when the embargo lifted this morning. Uh, But I really did like that. So for folks who are constantly asking me like, hey, I don't game anymore. What are good games? Uh, And obviously understand my tilt, which I always like to put out there. I love JRPGs, so I'm obviously getting this. Travis has offline told me I will never finish this game uh, because I believe he said it took uh, a buck fifty. A buck fifty. That isn't mandatory. I definitely did a completionist playthrough to be clear, but this game really drives you toward the side content, and the side con- content is unfortunately worthy of your time, Hope. So <laughs> you're gonna have a really yeah, you're gonna have a really hard time passing up the vast majority of the side quests because some of them connect to each other. There's like ongoing plots where if you completed a side quest in chapter two, then it unlocks a new side quest in chapter five that normally wouldn't be there. Some of those result in you unlocking new abilities and uh, and that's too many goodies, classes. Travis. That's too many goodies. It's too many goodies. And so, like when I review games, like <laughs> if I know it's going to be a long game, I try to just like beeline through the game and then go back and do the stuff but but this one i could not bring myself to do it i was just like there there's no way i'm gonna get through this game and not have every character right there's no way i'm gonna get through this game and not unlock every and it, it just the no, more i, I got into myself. it the, yeah I, I was just <laughs> like oh i'm not i'm never gonna finish this game because uh, and i was really worried about it so people who balk at a 150 hours not, that is not mandatory you could probably do all of the major side quests and get it in 100 um you could even oh, just 150 okay in, yeah yeah you could probably beat the game in 50 hours like i saw one reviewer say but if you did that you're probably missing like over half of the game would be over half of the like cut scenes and other stuff that's in the game it, it's uh not the way i would want to play it for sure well, you say unfortunately but kind of jokingly right the fact of course, that there's yeah, good yeah. value in there is just that all all that winds up happening is that hogue experiences xenoblade 3 as chapters one and two and says, wasn't that an excellent gaming experience? Right. When I say <laughs> and, and, unfortunately, I say it in the same way of like, unfortunately, <laughs> chocolate cake is delicious, you know? Like, yeah, well, it's unfortunate. Right. Yeah. We all have to work around that, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so. No. So, okay. So, by the way, folks, um, I just want to get the intro out because Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is not the, a name that means anything in terms of describing what the heck it is to anybody that doesn't know at all. And as you can see, random characters popping up in these videos that, look like little, I don't know, squishmallows. I have daughters, kids. Uh, is is uh, is a little bit off-putting, probably. Uh, but why don't we're gonna we're gonna look at your review specifically. But if you had one takeaway here, I did want to tell people we're not gonna do spoilers. Travis didn't do spoilers. We don't about spoilers here. I can't spoil anything because the game comes out I think on Friday. Um, yep. but Travis isn't gonna spoil anything. He's a he's a he's a good egg on that stuff. He's not here to ruin your experience with that kind of thing. Like overall I've read your review already, but like, what's your what's your overall takeaway on on this game, which is likely to be now that most things have slid out of the year, like the last really big hype filled title for me personally this calendar year, I think. Dang, yeah, I think so. Uh, I'd have to think about it more, but I, I think JRPGs hold a special place in my heart. This is a this is one of the biggest ones of the year already, and I think the rest of the year has kind of dashed off to yeah. twenty twenty three for the most part. 
aside from Splatoon, this is certainly um, yeah, Splatoon three is September. But aside from that, this is probably the biggest release that Nintendo is likely to have, and it is certainly the biggest RPG release this year that I can think of. So my my big takeaway, the headline is that this game is enormous, it is ambitious, uh, but it 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 is it is worth doing it. Like I I am super happy I got to review this game because I probably would not have made it through the end or at least not in any reasonable timeline and so it was nice to to kind of push myself through it but um it is super super good uh the combat is much better than other xenoblade games which is fantastic uh it uses kind of a passive auto attack system but this one just layers on more and more mechanics that make it so nuanced like there was still stuff in the very end of the game where i was going oh you know what it would have been more efficient if i was doing it this way i probably should have been doing that the whole time you know stuff like that um that and all of these come with caveats right like the combat sure. is is like the the, the ca- well, you're a critic for, i get that yeah yeah for, for sure <laughs> so the the combat is fantastic it's the best it's ever been the flip side of that is because the combat is the best it's ever been and it's more complicated it means that it takes way longer to learn and so it's just it's more complicated and kind of convoluted at points, which is extremely uh, JRPG. It's on brand. Um, and the other takeaway is that the side quests are, for me, the single biggest improvement in the game, which is that the side quests and the stuff that you're actually doing when you're in the world, it's not just like padding out hours most of the time. It's not just making you go around and collect berries and and that sort of stuff. It does some of that, certainly, and I think that they almost have to because it's a, a tradition of the Xenoblade Chronicles franchise. I was going to say, point. which, yeah. to be fair, is Xenoblade Chronicles 1's biggest flaw to me is that For there's sure. there's just unending numbers of go kill these three crabbies and go get these two stones. and you know. Yep. Yeah, it, 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 it largely abandons that formula. Now, okay. usually when you get a side quest that involves talking to some characters and then you go and you maybe you kill something or maybe you collect something and then you talk to a character and every beat has some sort of story they're not always good you know some of them it's like oh go find out what happened to this guy oh he was stupid and you know got himself (laughs) attacked by a spider you know and then and then you're like okay cool mission over that that happens sometimes surely but um like the vast majority of them are not just uh, carbon copies of one another where you're going and picking up something or fetching something. It's really like, uh, you know, they're telling little mini stories in the world. And one of the most charming things about this game is that the longer you spend in it, the more it endears itself to you to the point where even some of its shortcomings, like some of the characters that I didn't think were particularly interesting by the end, you're kind of like, I've just spent so much time with you, man. It's like, it's like living with a brother. Even if you, don't like the guy most of the time you're like but you're my brother you know i just i I know you have a quote there somewhere and i should have highlighted these i didn't give you the full headlines package here travis (laughs) i'm sorry i should have highlighted some of these because there's definitely a moment in your review where you say something like this guy is weak sauce but like you know what i liked him even at the end (laughs) yes that that character is senna so like Senna's okay. one of your party members, but she's sort of like the black sheep entire game. And it's like very clear. In fact, that's almost her thing is that like she's not as cool as the other people. But by the end, you're sort of like, look, you've been along this whole ride. Like I've spent I feel like I've spent so much time with you at that point. You sort of feel like a good closeness. And uh, that's kind of the the interesting part about the game is like uh, it 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 has like this hurdle you have to get over of like time and convoluted and all the other stuff that involved in like learning and playing the game but if you manage to get over it the other end is like 
an experience that you can't really get anywhere else. If you play like a 20 hour RPG, you can't really get the same effect of feeling like you just know everything about a person's life and, uh, and their personality and that they've endeared themselves to you over such a long period of time. So, um, it's, it's really interesting to me. That is interesting. That actually reminds me of what I see happening most often now in a different kind of setup with movies and TV, where you're seeing now people are a little bit more used to serialized television storytelling. And sometimes movies can feel a little shallow because you have a lot less time to really like dive deep into Walter White or whoever is your favorite character on a television program where you have to kind of do these things in sketches, which we're used to from years and decades of watching movies, but it's a different experience. And I never really thought about it, Travis, but you're right that if you're, if you're writing up to par, and I know you've got issues with writing, we're going to talk about that, but, but if you're writing something that is at least mildly compelling and you, you hold that for something like a hundred hours, uh, then that's a distinct experience from something that's more bite-sized, which we are jokingly referring to as like a 25 hour experience, but like you have that same kind of relationship. So everything that you say here, you know, outside of, I know that there's a natural, let's say that there's a natural taste that has to be acquired to enjoy oh, yeah. a JRPG. Oh, um, yeah. You that, have to let, let go of some of your inhibitions in, in that case. Yeah. A little bit. I love, I love that phraseology for it. Here's the deal, kids. You're going to be a little bit judgmental about the squeaky little mm-hmm. egg people for a little bit. And we're going to talk to yep. you about whatever we're going to talk to you about, Travis. I, again, I haven't played the game, you know, time travel or clones or interdimensional gateways or all of those things simultaneously. And you're going to have to roll with it because yep. this is what Zeno does. We're going to talk about God. We're going to talk about time. We're going to talk about existence and we're going to do it with cute little bunny people. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. And something that's interesting about this one is this is a dark game. It is darker than the other Xenoblades by a lot. And really? so it's very interesting. Yeah. By a lot. It really There's is. There's a flavor it, of darkness in both of the first two Xenoblades. So okay there is yeah there certainly is um it is it is very much like every other jrpg uh a a very dark premise with with hopeful characters somehow existing in that world and it has sort of like a little bit of a disconnect but it's a disconnect that works because they're trying to you know change their world and you know that's oh i oh i like what you're saying if they go full on final fantasy six me bro uh that's 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 the darkest final fantasy yeah, exactly. And so it, those two things can exist, but it is a little uh, shocking when at the beginning of the game you're like, oh, so this is a world where uh, children are are uh, tube born and then forced to murder each other for 10 years and then they die mandatorily. It's like, oh, cool. This is super dark. And then the characters that you meet in it are people like, you said a on like a fluffy a uh, green guy who who has a fuzzy hair and walks around and and ha- has ears that are arms that you know that sort of stuff. And I it's bet the like voice a, acting for them are an acquired taste as always. Uh, actually, like this that. is really interesting. I I um one of the the main Napons you meet, and this is already Nintendo has announced. This is not a sure spoiler. sure sure. He had weirdly has a super deep heroic voice. Okay. <laughs> which is like not something we're used to. You know, they usually have like really yeah. high pitched, like silly voices. And then and when you first meet him, you're like, oh, this guy's kind of check that out. Sexy. This is sexy yeah. nope on down here. So uh yeah, <laughs> that's pretty interesting. But you're you right. Do they're, the after they're... hours radio programming for nope on air. Yeah. Uh, sure. No, I, I, hey, that's fantastic. Because yeah, the, the one thing. You know, I, I play these games around my kids. I play these games, uh, you know, with my wife in the room. 
And I, I think having grown up with some of these tropes and, and kind of movements, it's easier for me. Sometimes it's a little bit hard uh, to get into. My youngest daughter loves Pokemon. And I think that's been kind of a gateway into some of the more anime characteristics of, of these kinds of games. Uh, but I also wanted to talk to you about something else in your review. So I think you did mention, and correct me if I'm wrong, I read a few reviews this morning. Sure. sure. Uh, <laughs> that the characters um, overall are are a bit tropey, that they're they're filling yes. out anime um, the archetypal positions. Is, is that is that accurate to what's going that on here? It's accurate, and it is in my review. So yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good. <laughs> yep, you got it right. Yeah. <laughs> I'd hate to be like, no, Rick, that was Eurogamer. Uh, <laughs> So, I mean, you didn't find that to be a problem overall because one of the things that you comment on is that the party is like one of the best parts. So how does that yes. all work together? Yeah, so, um, you know, th there's there's measured separately. There are, is this character good? Did you like it? Did you enjoy spending time with them? And then also, is it a cliche, right? Yeah. And so it, both things can be true and certainly both things are true. There's Tyon, the studious bookworm who's always coming up with strategies and you're like, and he keeps adjusting his glasses and you're like, oh boy, this of guy, you know? Does. And the, Yeah, of course he does. But then after a while, you're kind of like, oh, you know what? He's more than just a trope. And it's hard to not feel that way when you spend 150 hours with somebody and you have a whole bunch of like side quests that are dedicated to fleshing out him and his backstory and learning about the people in his life. And it, it it's, um, it, it starts to add more dimensions than just the two dimensional, uh, kind of presentation that you get at the beginning they still mm -hmm. play into that trope a ton but it's nowhere near as uh they don't they don't just leave it at two-dimensional and kind of stop there they, they develop it and grow it and they use their time very effectively when it comes to character development not so much when it comes to overall storytelling but when it comes to character development and fleshing out at the the personal backstories they use their time super effectively in that through side quests and through the main story so yeah, no, I, and I, I did pick up on that too, right? Because you have a few complaints in your review, and I just didn't highlight it, so we're not gonna we're not gonna try to pull out sentences here, but we sure. might go through sections. Um, uh, you have a couple of notions in your review that it doesn't respect your time with respect to it. Sounded like side quests or or overall concept of like world exploration and traversal. We don't need it's, to see no the yet. side quests actually probably do more respect your time. The thing I had a problem with is. Number of cutscenes, number of retreading the same plot points over and over oh, again. Yes. That sort of stuff was where I where where I have a problem with it because <laughs> you'll you'll get to you'll get to there was one part in the game where I would walk a couple feet and I would trigger a cutscene. And then the, the cutscene was like 10 minutes long. And then you walk a couple more feet and you trigger a second cutscene. And then a couple more feet in the third cutscene. And in each of these cutscenes, they're retreading a lot of the same topics, and you're just sort of like I'm just like sitting here watching this again and again, like this full, you know, 30 minute episode of an anime uh, in between small segments <laughs> of me walking in a straight line and not fighting everything. And at a certain point, you're like, man, just get to the point. Maybe the writing should be a little bit sharper. That is honestly my main part where I think that they don't really respect your time a lot is with the they just really they really take joy in like the we're just going to make this cutscene last like 15 minutes and then you're going to fight the same boss that you just beat and then after you beat him the second time you're going to see another cutscene, and it you know just stuff like that where i'm like okay i get that yeah well on. did they yeah. ever do the dreaded like really long cutscene that they give you a save point in the middle of that's usually the real marker for me of problems with the pacing yes, of that, they do that okay they've done that okay they did that in this game fair enough yeah 
so so but the, the, they are so i will give them this it's not as bad because i know what you're referencing some jrpgs do that really badly this one is it'll be a really long 15 minute cutscene, and then they give you a save point and then they give you the next cutscene, which is the opening of the next chapter okay right and so they'll they'll use it as like transitions they give you save but yeah it does happen at least you know six or seven times in the game and uh it also does that thing I really hate where you'll fight a boss and then it goes into a cutscene where and you lose the fight. Oh man. I did I really, see you complaining about that. I have a I feeling really I have like a greater yeah. I have a greater allowance for that because in my brain I'm always like, okay, so no, we weakened them and now they're they're gonna do their thing and the battle was never very real. I like I've always been okay with yeah. that. The ones that I've always hated, and this is not in this game that you don't reference this, but like the older design, which was like I, I see it seems like I'm supposed to lose this battle, but maybe not. And when you're right on the line of whether you're supposed to die right there, but you can kind of hold your own for 30 minutes if you go through all your, you know, whatever it is in that game, potions and things. There were yeah. some really old game designs that don't make it obvious enough. Like if you're going to do that, you have to come in with 9999. Like you're supposed to just wipe me out. Uh, exactly. And there are some games that some games there's like, a fight uh, like that in lost odyssey you fight like the main boss early in the game and it's very unclear if you're supposed to lose and he doesn't kill you right away and then you're like so should i use all my items on this fight yep. and then if you do you get you get hit slapped for it this game doesn't do that it does do that thing though where you'll fight a boss and then it goes and you beat him and then it goes into a cutscene where and you lose the fight and then it makes you fight him again <laughs> and i'm like okay. that's the same fight and i'm like oh my god why am i <laughs> refighting this dude again yeah uh, and then after you beat him the second time you still lose you lose the fight again and it's like oh man this is uh this is a little much so those are I most can of my see problems. that getting to you i, I can yeah, definitely see it, that getting to you and it does it more than one time. And so that was that when it comes to not respecting your time, it really is about the boss fights, which I think are one of the weakest parts of the game, the uh, cut scenes and the repetition of like retreading the same dialogue over and over again and that sort of stuff. But in terms of side quests, it's hard for me to complain because it does so much better than previous Xenoblade games that I'm almost just like, look, I got to give them the roses for that. They, they do a really good job. So. Xenoblade has long been a kind of wild game to me because I can see all of the awesomeness in one. Um, and I love everything that they're doing with respect to kind of, I don't know what you'd call it, destiny and future telling and weirdness that goes along with those things. And then it's just covered in, and now 15 hours of go find rock petals and, and flowers. And it looks great. You're, you're now on the knee. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, Xenoblade one is a tricky one for me. We've talked about it in the past, uh, that me it really too. is kind of a quintessential eight with, with like 10 sensibilities and then like design comes in and, and flattens it a little bit. Now this game got effectively the same score as you gave Xenoblade Chronicles definitive edition, but Correct. seemingly with different strengths. Yes. Um, different strengths. I would okay. say. The writing to me, I mean, they still do retread a lot. And then I'm sort of speaking out of pocket because it's been a while since that Xenoblade 1 review. But sure. I remember the writing being a little bit more concise. They have a okay. fewer instances of you fighting the same boss over and over again or having to, uh, you know, fight a boss and then lose, a, lose the fight. Like I've complained about that. The side quests are definitely the worst part of Xenoblade 1. Absolutely. Um, but the world, <laughs> the world is... So in my book, unbeatable in terms of like just the weirdness of it and the, the the fact that you're running across the 
the uh, the the giant mechons and the bionis and mechonis and, and that sort of thing. And um, it's funny you comparison- say American and it sounds wrong. Uh, yeah, exactly. Bionis, <laughs> mechonis, like now you got to put in that kind of bionis. Yeah, there it is. You got to do that. Yeah, there it is. Uh, Yeah. Uh, The uh, but yeah, by comparison, this world does lose some of that. And so that was honestly one of the main drawbacks. The other thing is that um, I don't think Xenoblade Chronicles one, at least the definitive edition on the switch is really held back by the hardware as much as this game obviously is. Um, because one was a Wii game. Right. And so they're just up resing it, making it a little better. And so when you play that on the switch, you get a an experience that feels like a big upgrade because it's on better hardware um, it feels like a big glow up for definitive edition for it sure does. for sure yeah and and so i think when it comes to a, a device that can contain that game of xenoblade one the switch is you probably couldn't ask for a better you know a piece of hardware um this is very different xenoblade 3 and this is i know this is going to be controversial to nintendo fans and people that think that it shouldn't be taken into account um it is very obvious that this game wanted to be more than the Switch could afford. And the 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 shortcuts that they take certainly work. I mean, I gave the game an eight. I'm not saying it was a complete yeah. failure, but it, it is very the writing is so on the wall. Like the game looks very blurry, especially I played mostly in docked mode um, on my 80 inch television. And if you play it on a big entertainment center, it is not a pretty game most of the time. Uh in cutscenes it is, but uh if if you're out in the world running around you'll see you know textures load like five feet in front of your character like it's like they're you know it'll be a flat piece of green and then all of a sudden like a shrub pops up you know like right in front of you and so um that that certainly it does not invalidate the journey it doesn't make the uh, story any less great it doesn't make the characters any less great but it does have moments where it pulls you out of the game and makes you go like oh man imagine this on you know, high-end hardware. Imagine this as a rise level. Just like one uh, notch. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, that, yeah. You could, you could imagine it as Tales of Arise or on, you know, your PC or whatever, but just like, just like one notch more would solve most of the problems. It, it, I mentioned it on social media, but it is a feeling I've had for a couple of years now where some really cool games seem almost trapped uh, on the Switch hardware. Like I can't, you know, I can't play those relatively cool Dynasty Warriors games that they're putting out for like, Fire Emblem and and Zelda because they like collapse in on themselves uh, on the Switch and I, more power to you if you can take it absolutely. What's interesting to me about that w- is with Xenoblade Chronicles two, you already had some very aggressive dynamic resolution changing, like you already had it kind of dissolving into pixels pretty regularly. Yes. And what it sounds like is that's still their solve. That's what happens on this game, maybe more so. Yeah, it happens, and it is a more ambitious game. I think it probably happens more. I I, I would have to go uh, back yeah. and play Xenoblade too, but I, I'm pretty sure it is it is happening more. And it it normally I'm not one to really gripe about how something looks. How something performs is more important to me. How it looks is not that big of a deal usually, but it has to be a stylistic choice or something where, um, you know, they it works for that game. And this often doesn't like when you see something happen like that you're it just pulls you out a little bit and you're like ah oh, it just it, it would have been better if blank if we could have yeah. experienced it in a in a fuller a fuller way so i had um honestly that is my biggest gripe with this game is i just think that it it its ambition is beyond what the switch was able to provide and unlike breath of the wild which does insane alchemist stuff to make that open world work on the switch hardware this 
really does not benefit from that in the same way. It, it is very clear that they did the best they could on this device, but you know, I can't review what it would be like if it were on a, on a right. device that doesn't exist. You know, well, it sounds like it might've gotten a pop-up a little bit if it were on something that were a little stronger. I mean, exactly. I, I've long said the switch pro is like a couple years overdue and, and, and I that's, think not so. to, that's not to alienate their market or anything like that, but it's, it's, I, I've said, I was ready to buy basically three switch pros. Not with like, doesn't have to play like an Xbox series S even, but just enough to run these kinds of things. And I think it, when I really first started reflecting on it was their Link's Awakening game, which is their first party. And it like, it, it has frame rate hitches and it can't run quite perfectly. And then it just seemed to be a sequence from there, uh, right? Where you had even Nintendo type properties were having issues. Um, so that's a shame. It really is a shame because we have otherwise surrounding us an array of technological marvels, uh, right? Even the Steam Deck's power could probably kick the crap out of what Xenoblade uh, Chronicles 3 is doing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that feels like a shame. And I get where Nintendo's coming from. Switches are selling like hotcakes. Game is more important than graphics. I hear you, Travis. I know I, I, can, I can hear the consternation in your voice, which is like, I don't care that much, but still it yeah. dissolves. <laughs> to me, to me, the 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 where when I cross the Rubicon into taking the hardware into consideration is when it impacts my enjoyment of the game. That's really all it comes down to. If I if a game looks, you know, like 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 not great, but that doesn't really matter fine but in an open world rpg that is all about immersion and presenting this wonderfully weird world i feel like that is one of the most important things right is can it contain the world uh that you're trying to build and um barely is the answer on this one it barely well, I, contains I, it yeah it is funny because in my experiences with video games it's like you can often feel when the game is like just on the edge of collapsing like you feel like the engine is going to fall apart at any given time and you can get used to it you can live with that but then if you ever switch to a game that just feels like rock solid, like it's just giving you a window into a world uh, like next, the difference is so palpable. Uh, and it's yeah. it really is so much better to just be like, this thing exists. It's rock solid. I don't have to worry about any of the magic that's going on behind the scenes. And the switch very often feels like, oh, we're we're going to get there, boss. We're going to. Yeah, for we're, sure. We're going to show you, you that. You can see the man behind the curtain sometimes uh, <laughs> struggling to keep up. Uh, the and, and actually, I'll give you a virtual legality exclusive because this got sure. cut from my review. The graphics aren't the only thing that that sometimes struggle. If you okay. leave the switch on for long periods of time while you're playing the game, which is how I typically play Switch games, because I'll just you leave you know, it on, it, on or you put it in rest. I put it in the dock and it stays in rest mode, but then I okay. go back to it and the game is still running, right? Yeah. It's been, it's just yeah. You leave place. it. You leave the application on in sleep. Okay. Correct. Yeah. If you do that, the game starts to get slower the longer you do it, to the point where suddenly you'll, you know, load up the game and you'll you'll fast travel to a new area and you'll find yourself in a two minute loading screen and you'll be like, um, what? And then after two minutes, you have to save the game, close the app maybe reboot your switch and then when you boot it up again it works perfectly but that's just one of the examples of like you start to see it a little bit also the longer you keep the game on uh you start to see frame rate in some combat sections and stuff like that and you're you, you it, it requires it to be reset and so this is also one of those games where we've talked about how um uh, the Xbox uh quick resume yeah the quick resume features games yes yeah it does. I feel like the the rest mode in the switch sometimes also breaks games like this that that just shouldn't be left on for that long. So there's certain stuff like that 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 uh, my description of this got cut from the review, but it's it it is something that uh, 
that I was thinking about when I was thinking about the the switch holding back the game is it does it does have some jankiness. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I, what, one of the things I tell my my siblings or my, my parents are sometimes playing video games is like turn off your apps if you remember to do so and you and you can remember and and you don't need them uh, right. because your quick resumes, your sleep modes, uh, very often perfect, also very often ruin things or you can't figure it out or you show up and it's two minute loads and you're framey from moment one. Yeah. Uh, so I, to some extent, I think that's a fair criticism. The other, it's like, yeah, I, whenever it happens, it's like, oh, you didn't, you didn't take to sleep very well. Honestly, I wouldn't sleep with Xenoblade Chronicles or something like that because I would be worried that the clock was running. Uh, I hate it when the clocks get really off. This is a personal idiosyncrasy of mine. Uh, but sometimes when you're in sleep mode, the, the clock for your save will still run depending on how the game was programmed. And you'll show back up and your save will now say 126 hours. Like, oh, and you've, you've lost all resolution on what you've actually played. Uh, yeah. So if that is any value to you at all, and maybe it's only valuable to me, I have no idea. Um, I'm sure some people big... care about that. I can yeah. confirm that does not happen in Xenoblade. You can leave it. Those are 150 on. legitimate hours. They are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was tested extensively because if, if I left it on pretty much the entire time I was reviewing it. So I should have like a month of playtime and I do not. So... Uh, well, folks, we're going to talk a little bit more about Travis's process here and some of the things uh, that he likes and doesn't like about Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I'm obviously getting this on Friday because uh, I'm so pumped about it and everything that Travis has said uh, works for me, including the overfiller anime cutscenes, which honestly are endearing because they'll say things 16 times and that'll work for me more than it does for Travis. But if you have any questions uh, that you think Travis can answer, hopefully just in general about Xenoblade 3 or doing reviews for IGN or anything else, uh, put them in the chat. Highlight them with an at-hoke law. Generally speaking, I can see those. Super chats are great, but you don't have to do that. Uh, otherwise, um, we're going to talk, and then we're going to do a little questions. We have Travis for another 20 minutes or so. Um, so just let us know, because this is fantastic. Travis, I am just want to say in the middle here, I'm so happy. Obviously, we talk every week, but I'm so happy that uh, uh, you're here talking about all of this with us, because, like I said, it's not every day that a giant JRPG releases. Like These things take forever. Um, these things are, are always big moments for me personally in, in games. Uh, I, I vividly remember basically every day I've ever brought home a Final Fantasy, uh, which is a little bit more infrequent than even the Xenoblade saga at this point. Uh, it's, you know, Final Fantasy 15 was announced, I don't even know, 11 years before I had it in my hands uh, in different forms. So we've actually gotten two or three Xenoblade games in between the one Final <laughs> Fantasy. So yeah. Yeah. Now I'm getting know. live alive and Xenoblade in consecutive weeks in terms of JRPG goodness. So uh, it's, yeah, it's wild. Very different experiences too. But yeah, this is like a classic JRPG that uh, my, you know, one of my pet peeves is I love JRPGs, but I don't, I don't like some of the, uh, things that other people like about them that people forgive like what? them. Oh, you know, the overriding. We've talked about that a lot. And, you know, stuff that I just, I, I sort of go, I don't, I still don't like it. I wish they would change that. And I, I think the reason Xenoblade Chronicles 3 works for me so well is because it does evolve some of the stuff. To its credit, it it does not stick by a lot of the, the things that people complained about. They certainly heard the feedback when it comes to side quests. They certainly have taken the jobs idea to heart with the changing of classes thing that they included. So there's a lot of stuff where like they have modernized in the right ways. And that to me is so, so valuable because I'm one of those people who, if you make your game intentionally 
uh, behind the times like a, a live alive possibly i hear uh, does uh which i want to get into but i'm a little J- jrpg yeah, we can talk time. about live alive I, whether that's yeah. intentionally holding back or whether it's just actually just graphically remastering an old game i think you're gonna have different philosophies on like they didn't right. fix the quality of life stuff but i don't know that that was the mission oh is it is it a remaster i actually don't even know if live it, alive it's, it's from 1994 oh interesting Live Alive is a game that that. released during the golden age of Squaresoft, like between Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy IV, I think. Um, They never localized because it is, I I don't know why they didn't localize it. I would say now having played it, it's because it is more Japanese antics-y than they were were bringing to American shores, especially during that period. Um, So I think that's why they said this is too weird for America. It's not. Um, yeah. but at that point in time, they were, they were holding back Japanese games of all kinds that got a little bit more into humor, especially from Japan, which they weren't comfortable in bringing over. They didn't think would work very well here. So you got Final yeah. Fantasy four, Final Fantasy six. That's, those are melodramatic. Those, that, those are what those games are. Not a lot of humor in those. There's wit, yeah. really. uh, but they're, you know, they're screaming to the stars about getting vengeance for our people more than you know, what is in Live Alive, which is, aren't farts funny? Um, so, you know, there's, there's that kind of thing. That's, that's great. Yeah. I, uh, I, I've ne- did not know about Live Alive and now it makes sense why I didn't know, because if it, if it never made it to North America, I probably was not on my radar at all. Um, but yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So for, for me in modern games being made with some of the old, uh, things that I think aren't good game design really bother me, but Xenoblade walks that line deftly. And I think that um, even people who tend to raise an eyebrow at some things that JRPGs might end up liking Xenoblade Chronicles 3 because it compromises enough, right? It gives you some of the things that you would really, really want uh, from, from a game like this. So, yeah. like right, and I'm going to get, get to questions, people, but I, I know you already said questions. you like the story and you like the party, but like... Is the story awesome, Travis? Forget story forget is. how it's told. Forget the copying over. If you were just to strip it down, you got a good editorial pass. Is this a compelling big heroes exploration? Unexpected twists, melodrama, screaming to the stars, awesome yes. Japanese role-playing game. It is an awesome Japanese role-playing game in terms of a story. Not always super well told, to your yep. point. But if you're I removing that, that the, the story is great. I will say one thing about the story okay. that bothers me. Okay. Even if you've played all the other Xenoblade games, you will most likely be reading YouTube video, watching YouTube videos of people explaining what the story actually is. A little bit of lore. It is very convoluted. It is very convoluted. And even though they explain things and retread a little bit, if you haven't played the old games recently or you haven't really been following a lot of the stuff there, if you're looking for the full explanation of what's going on in the Xenoblade universe, you're going to need help. You know? And so that's, you know, I had to. I had to talk with some Xenoblade experts who work at IGN and, and make sure that I was keeping up Rocking on all everything. the stuff that was happening and, and getting everything. <laughs> uh, uh, and that that is very... But I will say the first half of the game is without a doubt way better than the second half. I will say that. like you, That's a Xeno tradition. It is, yeah. The, the, second, <laughs> the second half gets weirder and it's got yeah. some parts that... I still... I st- I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it, it is a strong story overall. But basically from the opening moments of the game until the the biggest twist in the game, basically okay. that, let's call it like, uh, you know, going into Rapture up until Andrew Ryan getting killed, right? Like I was going like this the, is the Star Ocean actually is taking place in a video game twist kind of correct. thing, whatever up that in, is. 
up until that point in the in the game like everything is so good and it's got you know the open world where you're going around and doing different things and every time you go to like a new settlement you're like oh my god there's such a good story here and i got this new character and you're just like just sucked into the loop and then the second half when you sort of now know all the places and you're just sort of like retreading and setting up for the finale that really has pacing issues and it even has a part where you have to like retread a lot of your steps and go and find like random pieces of garbage to help you with uh you know a a a part of the story you're trying to get through and that stuff is like it reminds me of the wind waker is it legend of zelda wind waker when all of a sudden right before the finale they just hit you with this big wall of just go and find maps uh it very much has like that part where you're just like okay i I just want to see the end man please can we get to the end uh so (laughs) can i hit the button that just says i've done this yeah exactly (laughs) can we just skip i hear you no it is really funny though because i say it's a tradition because of course xeno as a saga starts with xeno gears which famously ran out of money and the plot becomes just a conversation with a man in a rocking chair for like an hour and a half basically explaining what the plot would have been had they the money to actually put this stuff on the disc which is bizarre it's wild it feels like evangelion it's also perfect for just how bizarre Zeno is so you know if you tell me the back half isn't as good as the first half i say well okay (laughs) all right we shall be as gods Uh, (laughs) so no, I think that's, I think that's really, really interesting. I appreciate that because, well, first of all, as you said, how likely am I to see the second half of the game? Seriously, you might end up getting the best experience. (laughs) Like if you just get past that opening area and then you enter the open world and just get, Oh, I've had that happen before. I've had that happen where there's games that I adore that, you know, if we, if we really get into discussions, it's like, yeah, you know, I played 12 hours or whatever. I played the first thing. And then, and then the person I'm talking to says, Oh, well, they repeat that four times. That's the rest of the game. And I say, oh, I can see how that would be annoying. Sorry. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I I loved my experience. I got what I wanted out of it. Um, yeah. But no, I think that's I think that's great. Uh, all right. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, we've got some questions here. Let's uh, let's do pull it. your article down, which is awesome. Please do, by the way. It's linked in the description. Give Travis the clicks. He lives and eats on clicks. That's how IGN feeds him. If he doesn't get clicks, IGN doesn't feed him. Um, so please do go check out that article in its entirety. It is excellent. You'll get some of Travis's idiosyncrasies in his writing, which is my favorite thing from authors. Um, and so do check that out. It is, uh, in my humble opinion, let's go with one of the two best reviews I read today. See, nice. We just we want to leave Travis hungry. Yeah. We want what, what, which, which other one did I really like? Yeah. Yeah. Out of curiosity. So, so I really liked the Eurogamer essential review. I really liked yours. I I have issues with the Game Informer review. We could talk about that it's offline. It's a seven like, point something. It is, but it's not the rating. I'm totally fine with the rating. They start bringing in like other JRPGs in a weird kind of like, mm. it sh- you should be more like this setting. We could talk about it later. Um, but yeah. Travis's is great. Everything that he mentions uh, is uh, completely justified. He goes through the effort of doing that. Uh, that's one of the reasons I like reading his stuff. Um, and you get an impression of who Travis is and what he likes and doesn't like, and then you can credit that or discount it as you see fit. It's not just proclamations from on high. So when Travis says, here's the issue I have with the storytelling, I find it, we could have used an editorial pass. They're going to bash you over the head. And it'll probably annoy me a little bit, but I know 
just reading what he says, it's never going to annoy me as much as he says because absolutely, I was playing Final Fantasies when the translations didn't even tell you the right town to go to um, and working through repetition, repetition, repetition. So I'm sure that will be fine for me. It might be doubly bad for you. That's what I'm looking for for my reviews. So again, enough gilding the lily. We don't want Travis to get too big of a head, obviously, for the next bit cast, whatever. Check it out on Season Gaming, 11 a.m. on Sundays. Uh, but yes, let's answer some questions. Shivguru Rao... This is for you. It's it's directed to yes. me just to flag it for me. Does the story tie into the first two games? Does the returning fan can they enjoy the references that are made? The little the little tidbits. Yes, uh, it does tie in. Um, I will not explain how. Yep. Uh, if you have played the old ones, you will absolutely pick up on at least some of it. The rest that you miss, you will have to watch YouTube videos for. Uh, and um, if you have not played either of the games, you will not notice maybe one or two things you'll notice and you'll be like, what was that about? But it will not, it will not significantly impact your enjoyment of the game or really confuse you even more because if you haven't played the other ones, you'll probably just be just as confused as a veteran player. Um, but yeah, it, it does tie in and in a way that it rewards people who have played the other ones without punishing the people who have not, which is, that's the dream. Chef's kiss. I mean, that's the dream. It's, it's, it's not a, it dragging in, job. it's not dragging in gears or saga. Is it? That depends on your understanding of the Xenoblade universe. Okay. Yes. Leave it, it there. Mm -hmm. Le leave it there. Fair enough. Cosmos, yeah. drop it into your party halfway through. You heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Christy Fletcher, uh, to Travis, is there a game you wish to review or wish you got to review? Is there something that, man, you would yeah. really like to have pen to paper on that one? Absolutely. Um, okay. Fast and Furious Crossroads. Um, I actually, I publicly asked Dan Stapleton <laughs> if I could review that game, my boss at IGN, and I challenged anyone at the company to a Fast and Furious trivia night for the right of, of reviewing it because I know more about Fast and Furious than any damn person. And um, I was I was soundly rejected. They thought I was a little crazy for even <laughs> suggesting it. Um, now you had yeah, been pretty early to IGN at that point in time. I, right? I had been, yeah. Okay. So this is a while back, and I did not have nearly the clout I have now. The cachet but, you, you know, have now. The cachet. <laughs> well, now now they feel like they owe me a few because I review terrible <laughs> games a lot of time. Um, so uh, it it uh, that game was terrible, and I actually played the whole game anyway. Um, but I really wish I could have written the review because um some games they deserve a good roast and i consider myself in in a very uh um seasoned roaster we'll use uh we'll use uh ains's favorite word uh and so uh yeah i i really wish i could have written that review because um the the people who ended up reviewing it they they bashed it but they didn't bash it like i would have oh man i have I, to believe it would just be a sequence of references to other uh fast and furious movies uh, I, I would have enjoyed to see that, honestly, if you don't oh, know, yeah. Travis, big aficionado of the series. I am. I am. And I, I, the thing that I think would have, what it would have benefited from is somebody who really, really knows that world so that they can explain to you why this is bad because it, it certainly any, any schmuck could play that game and tell you it's a bad game for sure. Yeah. But I think understanding the reason of why it's bad, even for fast and furious by those standards and for the fans who've done it, I think that has a special kind of place. And I didn't really get to see any reviews that did that, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, 
I would have loved to review that game. I tried to fight for the right to review that I did not get to. So, well, you, if they you, ever, rare, you will rarely find me asking and wishing I had reviewed a bad game, but that is one of them uh, for sure. Um, I also just to add on to the question and give maybe yeah. a more serious answer, although that is that is a correct answer. I mm -hmm. would absolutely would have loved to do that. Um, just, you know, I don't get to review any of the big AAA games. This is about as close as I get Xenoblade 3, um, just because I am more. Xenoblade 3 fans just, did you just call it not AAA? <laughs> it is a AAA game. I'll give it that. Uh, big time yeah, release I, people. Travis is available release. on Twitter at Ty Guy Travis. You can send your messages. Yeah. Uh, but we, we all understand it's a big time release. Okay. It is a big time release, but I, 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 what I'm, what I mean more is like, I never, I'm never in the running to review like, you know, the biggest game of the year or whatever. Yeah, sure. and, um, for some reason, people weren't fighting to review 150 hour JRPG. I don't know what that's about, uh, but yeah. Um, it does seem like a lot of work, Travis. I'm not going to lie. That might have something to do with it, actually. And by the way, if you're interested, we've talked and Ains over at Season Gaming have talked to Travis about one thing, which we didn't discuss in this conversation, which is like, how, how do you deal with that pressure? How does that work in terms of your reviewing something that has those time commitments? Uh, so do check those out. If we have time at the end of this, we'll, we can we can come back to that question. I do want to get to some of these. Uh, but yeah, I, I often think about that because I've dabbled in reviewing TV shows and movies and things like that. And it's fine if it's postmortem and I wasn't like planning to do it. So it's not note taking and like putting things in a bucket. But when you actually plan to do it, it changes your interaction with whatever media you're you're otherwise engaging with. And I don't love that, which is why you don't see me doing that very often. I like it to be played the whole time. It is um, the uh, it is the worst part of reviewing games yeah. is that you add the work aspect to it. For sure. Yeah. Well, you're keeping track of it. Do you, do you work with a notepad or anything while you do your games? Um, it depends on the game. Um, what I tend to do is I comment on it in my head or sometimes even aloud while I'm playing it. And then I just... I try to like, anytime something has an impression on me, if I don't write it down, I just see how many times it occurs to me. Because the problem uh -huh. with the notepad is that you write items down and then you'd be like, oh, but you know what? That only happened that, that one moment, matter. you know, yeah. and it didn't end up mattering. And so I'll wait for it to occur to me three or four times. Then I'll be like, that's something worth writing down. See, now I want the edited like commentary track of Travis talking to himself while he goes through these various. Yeah, yeah. The people who live with game. me people live with me get that and they're just like do you hate video games is that what this is about? oh that should have been always complaining that, that like, should have been designed that way what were they thinking yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love this question because question. i love the music in the first two games yuna sakira says how's the music compared to the others yes uh this is something that i rightfully um did or you know maybe wrongly didn't talk about in my review it, it was something that got cut just it got cut just because it didn't, I didn't have a lot to say except for that it's great, which fans ex expect from the series. And it is not a great departure from anything they've done. Um, there were comments by the developer that, you know, since flutes are such a big part of the game's lore because of I the offseers, that, that they were trying to work a lot of fluting into the game. And so I was fully prepared to say like, too much flute, you know, we got <laughs> too much flute. We got to talk about that in our review. Um, but it, it actually doesn't, I didn't notice it at all, even with that context yeah. in my brain of like expect a lot of flute. Um, and, and so it compares to the other games in being quite good. It only has a couple combat tracks, which still annoys me, but that is that has annoyed me in all JRPGs. But again, it's not really a quibble that's worth talking unless it was a huge annoyance and it really wasn't that much of an annoyance. So I tried to cut down the things that I didn't think were worth mentioning and uh, the music being good, but maybe a little bit repetitive sort of ends up being a wash for me. But if you like the Xenoblade and other games, you will love 
or if you like the music in other Xenoblade games, you will love the music in this game. I fully intend to buy the soundtrack for this game. It's quite, it's quite good. So that's a good endorsement. So get yeah. excited about music. I, I, most JRPGs I have found at least recently don't miss on this. They have a lot yeah. of really good composers. Yeah. Um, if other games had bad, if other Xenoblade games had like notoriously bad soundtracks, then I probably would have included it. But um, Xenoblade's always been really good. And I think fans would be shocked if it didn't. And yeah, this one probably just right. does. It just does. It has, it has some repetitive. I don't like that. There's only one combat, two combat songs. I think maybe one for bosses and one for non-bosses. And then it's got the chain attack song that plays every time. But I have that problem with every JRPG and I've never found that mentioning it convinces anybody that it's a bad thing except me. And so it's not a, it's not something I've included. Persona 5, I have the same problem. You never see it coming. You never do see it coming. Every time you you never see see that song coming a lot. I mean, geez. It's funny because I could hum right now the Final Fantasy VII battle song from 1997, right? Like that's. You can you can you can do that, but no, that's fantastic. Does it have a does it have a giant sweeping adventure theme? That's what I need. Oh yeah, can you believe you're seeing this crap? That's that's what I need oh, yeah. from my Xenoblade you know, Blade soundtrack. Oh, yeah, I will say it is a little sadder. A lot of okay. it's no, I, I, melancholy. I, I love a JRPG with melancholy. But yes, it I think, also has the you're a pirate, you know, float, moving around this world and going and doing things and adventures, and yeah, it's got all that stuff. There you go. Not officially a question, more of an assertion. But let's talk about the water. How's the water in Xenoblade Chronicles 3? I don't think I'm allowed to talk about the water. Oh, okay. Whoa, we hit a Nintendo bullet point, folks. I feel like we should have an alarm and like, uh, oh, this is this is something the um, reviewer is not allowed to mention. So it okay. actually technically, technically the embargo says I can show any gameplay uh, uh, about any part of the world. But I will say that there is a substantial amount of water and that it is one of the more interesting deviations from what the series has done before but it, it's it's a interesting part of the game um and i did i did have that note about asking about water and i anytime i show up and say i'm a reviewer for ign i get the water thing and i like to talk about it because uh i have never understood why too much water is a bad bullet and i will not understand how it is a meme uh because if you've ever played a pokemon game you know what too much water means. That is a very self-explanatory point because the water sections in Pokemon are the worst parts because you have to fight tentacle 50,000 times. And when I read that review, I was not writing for IGN, but when I saw too much water, I went, oh God, oh, too much water. That like legitimately turned me off from the game and I totally understood what it meant. So anytime somebody (laughs) memes that and goes 7.8 too much water, I'm like, but you, have you ever played Pokemon? Like too much water. Like that 100% makes sense to me. So, uh, I love it when people bring that up because I'm like a, you know, I was just a fly on the wall at the point, just a, a, a commenter, a reader of IGN articles. And I, I saw that and it was incredibly useful to me as a, as a bullet point. And so when other people make fun of it, I'm like, how did you not find that like as a good bullet? Unless you've never played Pokemon <laughs> and you have no context for what that means. It should, it should resonate with you. Do you agree, Hogue? Like, have you played Pokemon? You get, like, I've played Pokemon. Yeah. I have to admit that I've never like separated out the water sections as uniquely bad. Um, really? I, I view, okay. I view Pokemon almost very superficially as the RPG, my first RPG kind of thing. I'm not holding into terribly high standards got as it. I roll okay. through. It's kind of that thing where I'm otherwise got a survivor episode on, or I'm taking care of kids. Um, so I, that's not one of those that I really full, put my full critic hat on because uh, I got cute little animals and I'm doing whatever. Um, so that's that's where I come from with Pokemon. I am looking forward to got seeing it. what they do now with with bringing Arceus to the, the modern Pokemon stable. I think that could be really cool at the end of the year. 
We'll see. It will undoubtedly torture so the Switch. For you, for you, Pokemon has always been kind of mid, and the water sections were just also mid. Yeah, just yeah. yeah I, I, it's such kind of a. Um, uh, it never rises or falls. It's Pokemon. It's not. It's not anything that's doing anything in particular to me. Yeah. Uh, that it's yeah. It's a section. You know. The, yeah. I, I feel the same way about the cave sections. It's like all right, let's go fight some Geo dudes or, or yeah, what have you. Sure. So but th this was a game that was like all islands. You were island hopping, and so you go, okay. went through the water constantly, and you're fighting like right. the same five Pokemon over and over again. And so when somebody says too much water, I'm like, dude, that. That makes sense. That speaks, speaks to, me. to me. Like I, I, I do not <laughs> want to play this game. I, I, that is useful information for me as a reader. And so I've just always found it so funny that people hand wave that as, as being a bad uh, review. Cause I'm like, dude, I, I, I liked that review or at least the summary of it, I think was, uh, was super useful. So. Yeah. And when I think of water, especially on review memes, I always think about that one. That's like the guy that was just leaving comments about great water and the various different waters and like the Zeldas and the things. Have you seen that one where it's just, this one has yes. great water. Let's just leave in comments too. I think it's IGN reviews. Um, it so IGN I, I often think about that. Uh, but yeah, well, because it used that to be. One, you might yeah, be too young much. for this. I don't think you are. Uh, but it used to be like water was like the big deal. Like the 360 oh, yeah. era. It's like, look at that. That is lightly reflecting something. We don't know what like, you know, the full screen reflections are. It's just like, what well, that, that looks a little bit like water. Yeah, what, I think that's why wasn't there? that why Tomb Raider was so big is because they had like wa water sections and I, I <laughs> yeah, remember like being polygon water, yeah. Yeah, I remember being blown away by that. I was like, oh my god, you can swim, and it's crazy. I feel like it's something that certain studios still struggle with. Elden Ring, love it to death, but you die if you step in water, which is insane to me in 2022. But you know, yeah, they don't love a, it. It's the style, I guess. They don't love it. Uh, we do have a question: Is there a new game plus? Is there an after game? He does reference this in his review. He mentions they that they still do tutorials after the credits, so there's do. new stuff to learn. <laughs> they do. I will say there is a new game plus. It um, there are difficulty settings that you can adjust. The new game plus is harder. It also has substantial content that you cannot access in the base game, and I cannot go into details, but it is substantial to the point where even after I completed my 150 hours, I put in another 15 to play some or a lot of that. And so, um, he's yes. not allowed to mention it. You have no idea it, what Nintendo would do to him. It is an interest. It is, it is a, a, uh, it's very impressive. I was very surprised by the, by what they put into new game plus. Um, uh, yeah. So, it does have it. You should play it. It's good. I spent a lot of time in it. So all you have to do is get to the end credits to get to that access point. Good luck. <laughs> Which apparently you can do 50 hours if you're just running straight through it. And, and we did it. have a 50 hour report, which by the way is, is interesting because that sounds like a longish game in and of itself. But oh, here yeah. we have Travis saying, Oh, you are rushing. You are rushing to get to 50. I don't claim to have been using my time always effectively, but I didn't. I, it was a completionist run. I guess I should just own that. I, I did a completionist run. So if you plan on seeing all the sites and meeting all the characters and unlocking all of the stuff, which is really what I care about. I wanted to unlock all of the characters and all of the different classes and other stuff I'm not allowed to talk about. Uh, and I, I just made sure to do those missions. Well, I think that's about yeah. all the time that we've got True. for you, Travis. The last thing I wanted to ask you personally was you do reference something like a job system. A lot of people mm -hmm. reference it. Didn't get a lot of clarity on it. You say it's one of the coolest things in the game. Uh, you yes. know, what's it what's it doing in Xenoblade 3? It, it's obviously not jobs exactly, but everything that is remotely related to that. 
yeah. I, I love. It, yeah, it's basically when characters fight alongside one another, they're learning each other's uh, classes. And then yeah. once you have fought alongside them long enough, you unlock that class and can start playing as it. And then if you unlock, if you play as that class, that character will unlock the skills and abilities of that class and then can equip them even when they're not using that class. And so it allows you to create these really cool, like homemade cocktails of classes that mix and match abilities from everywhere. And you can mix those up in really interesting ways where you're like, all right, so I'm playing this healer class, but I've got these two abilities from these attacking classes that can knock them down and do all this cool stuff. And it is made for nerds like you, Hope. Like it is I so, love that. That's what the job system is so, so good, good at. Oh, yeah, what if I so what good. if I strapped a cure to this guy? What would happen then? Yeah. <laughs> it, so it, it is very much the same sort of thing of like uh, adding a job system, but it just does it in a cool way because it also adds you know the power of friendship. Uh, you, the more the more you play with people, the more you uh, start to understand their combat style, and then it also very um, usefully marks which jobs classes, but we're going to call them jobs because that's the more ubiquitous term. Um, which jobs are actually best suited for certain characters and so it'll oh, give okay. you an s tier or a c tier or d tier rating for like hey this character is actually really good at using this because of their base name. stats uh no i i don't know if it's based on base stats i think it's a personality thing i think they do it oh, okay. based on like this person just yeah. makes a better berserker or whatever yeah okay. exactly it's just they they right. they're because it, it always seems like oh that makes sense because their personality kind of matches more with that and so i think that's the way they do it honestly it's just what is what does this feel like this class feels now that's like, role playing yeah it really is it really is aggressive uh, role playing but it does such a good job it, it's one of the best parts of the game because it gives you something to continuously do so even when the story is taking a little bit too long or you're kind of meandering around with some side quests. The fact that all of that works toward progression of like, well, my character's leveling up in the class I currently have them equipped with. And then you're unlocking all of them. It, it, it just gives you more to like grind for. And that it's super addictive. Like I wanted, I wanted my Noah to have max level and top every everything. Yeah. That's, I oh, that. that's what I love in systems land. When yeah. speaking outside of storytelling, it's like, oh, well, if I can combine these things, if I get into this level, that's, I talk about Final Fantasy VI a lot today, as it turns out, because I also talked about it in connection with Elon Musk, you know, long story. Uh, but when we talk <laughs> about Final Fantasy VI, it's like, yeah, I, I remember going and trying to find enough of the, the little things that give you magic that can you can cast anything at one, and then getting the whole party with Ultima that also had the skill to cast everything cheaply and saying, let's go now, folks. Um, so, I mean, like, that's the kind of stuff that's fun when you're already engaged in the game and, and progressing. But Travis, I just wanted to say thank you for taking time out of your busy day to chat with us about your review. I think it is a fantastic bit of writing. I'm so happy that I know you can bring you into the space to talk about these things. Um, where can folks find you? Obviously, we're going to link to this article. Go read it right now if you haven't already. Where can folks find you otherwise? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just read my stuff on IGN if you can and uh, follow me on Twitter at Travis if you want. But that's that's pretty much it. I just I'm out here writing. I fly under the radar most times uh, by design or at least I'll say it's by design. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, you can follow me on Twitter if you want to if you want to uh, follow my, my work. Absolutely. Well, fantastic, Travis. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody that dropped in. Ask questions. This is awesome. Uh, and uh, yeah, I will uh, talk to you all. Maybe on another bonus episode. Who knows? No episode of Headlines in the morning tomorrow. Uh, but I will be back, of course, for Headlines on Thursday. There'll probably be a virtual legality in between now and then. Thanks again, Travis, and thanks, everybody.